flesh and make us doers of your word in Jesus name. All you need to teach us, all you need to deposit in us so that we can become the leaders you can trust, so that we can become the ministers you can rely on, so that we can become the ministers that you make us fall into the reservoir of your resources, trusting us that we can we will use it aright and use it for what you want us to use them for. Lord, we ask that you do that in us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Please do have your seat. <clears throat> I need to say that I appreciate our, our cooperation and our composure. The Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. Uh, I'm, on, I'm going to start on page number 26. Ten secrets of raising a giving church. But before then, I want to make some few announcements or few bulletins. You must have been seeing them in the screen. But I need to emphasize them. Please, tomorrow and Thursday... It's going to be fasting and prayers. When you are coming, kindly miss your breakfast. We'll pray here, then after, we'll provide some kind of lunch for you. So please, let's come with the attitude of prayer tomorrow. And those who have not come so far, they should come. Likewise on Thursday. Uh, and we are going to demonstrate like we do. That Thursday, we are going to join in with our giving. Thursday, okay, there are two or three things we would like to do together on Thursday. We are going to elongate our prayer time on Thursday. And in the conference flyer, initially we were contemplating that Friday we are going to do vigil for financial breakthrough. It was suggested in February by Pastor Wally Oladiyo. He was here. Uh, but uh, one way or the other, for some reasons, we, we aren't going to have the vigil on Friday. Neither are we going to have vigil at all. But what we'll do is that on Thursday, please, we are not going to close by 3 o'clock. We are going to close by around 3.34. We, are going to have, we want to have something like one and a half hours to two hours of prayers. And we are hoping that Pastor Wale Olade will be here to take the prayers. So please, let's get ready. It will be fasting and prayer day too. But that Thursday, we are not going to provide food for you. We are believing God that you will go and break your fast at home. Uh, then, that Thursday, we want to inform you that we will be raising missionary offering. We like to raise offering to support our brothers who are in the mission field. It is often said in mission circles that pastors, city pastors, they don't support missions. They don't like missions. In fact, sometimes they, they say we pastors that are in the city, we are sinners. But I do tell them that we are not sinners. It's just that nobody is sensitizing us to missions. So please, on Thursday, we are going to raise support for missions. And it's not only cash. If you have good clothings, please bring them. We don't want your hair clothings because in time past, 
pastors have brought rags. And I mean it. Rags. That we have to burn them. They are not good clothing. So please, if you don't have good clothing, don't bring them. These people are not begging us. We just want to give them good. Either uh, clothing for children, for men, for women, shoe, bags, suits. And if you have to buy brand new shirts, that would be wonderful also. If you also have full stocks, we will take them. Because we have added another. There is a woman of God who is taking care of elders, elderly. She had a ministry called Agency for the Aged. They don't need money. They need foods. Those are people in 70s, 80s, 90s. People whose children have traveled abroad and their children are no more taking care of them. And most of them are Muslims. And you know, through the ministry of this woman of God, many of them are getting converted. So she's giving food to them. So please, even if you buy, buy a bag of rice, bring it here on Thursday. We'll give it to her. I will give it to people like that. Widows, children. Remember James chapter 1, verse 26. Pure religion and undefiled before God is that we remember the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. So it's part of our effort and it's part of our giving as ministers. So please on Thursday, let's be preparing for that. And the Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. I can't hear your amen. Okay. Our school, International Institute of Church Groups, Thank, our graduation will be on Friday. Please, I beg you in the name of God, I, I still want you to be part of that graduation. We are just, the conference still continue to Friday. We just flow into it. And our promise is that we will close 3, 3.30. We still close at our conference time. You need to witness that graduation. Peradventure, God will speak to you to come to that school. Because all we are doing in the conference, we are just touching it at the head. If you really want to know the deep, 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 how to really run the ministry, run your church, grow that church, grow that ministry, we have an institute. And we are changing the name from this uh, graduation. We are changing it to International Center for Church Renewal. And uh, thank God this time, our certificate is no longer local. Our certificate is recognized by federal ministry. And we are even working with the Federal Ministry of Education so that it can be accredited with them. But even more than that, thank God, we have got an accreditation with an American Leadership Seminary. And from this graduation now, we will be issuing a foreign certificate. In fact, they called me yesterday, they brought it in yesterday. So I will collect it. So from this graduation, not only are we giving them our own certificate here, we're also giving them the one that is signed and sealed and accredited from America. I hope you will clap for that. It's part of the progress. So, and we're also even extending those who have graduated when we are at Pentateuch and uh, when we are Second Samuel. You can come back and we we'll do one or two courses. We are now in uh, intertestament period. We have not even got to New Testament. Uh-huh, you can call. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What I'm saying is, if you were in church groups, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, ago, you need to come and learn new things so that you can update yourself. It's part of our ministerial calling. So please, if you want to join our school, uh, from advanced diploma in church group, whatever school you have gone before, 
whatever certificate you have had got before, you will have to start from our advanced diploma because it's a special thing. Well, if you don't like it, I just say this to people. Come for just one month. If you don't like it, we'll refund all the money you have paid. But most people, they continue. So, we'll start this coming Monday on the 13th at our office at Mosson Boston. There is our permanent office now. And there we have our lectures. It's a good estate. Very quiet. Those who have been there, they know it's no distraction, nothing. And it's good for lectures. So, please, if you want to get a form, just get to the registration there. Maybe tomorrow, ask for registrar. Just say registrar. Reverend Luani, you can... Uh, will get you the phone. The money is very cheap and you pay instrumentally. Once a week, only on Mondays. Some people are advising that we can make it twice a week so that we reduce it to three months. Well, I say if we say about 40, 50 people that will go for that, we'll do that. But at now, once a week, on Mondays, you come, we'll start it in the morning. By 1.32, we'll call it a day. So you are welcome in Jesus' name. Then there's something that was announced at the church planting, something there. I need to say it to everybody. Hopefully by January, but we want people to be uh, applying now. If you, God is leading you to plant a church, or you have just planted a church, your church is less than two years old, or you are having the vision, and God is calling you to plant a church, we want to assist you. So just see Pastor Daniels. If you see Pastor Daniels, uh, it's up there. Then in the screen, you can see his number there too. Then uh, later on, uh, maybe tomorrow, I'll bring him here. You can see Pastor Daniel. You can register with him. By January, we'll be doing training for those who really want to do church planting. Uh, and we want to support them as God help us, at least for the first one year. They don't need to put our name there. In fact, we don't want to. We just want them to do it right. We want to start doing that. There are many churches, but most of them are wrong churches. And most churches are not growing because the foundation is not right. So if you have the vision, or even your church, you want to plant churches, send those pastors to us. We'll do training. The training is not going to be free, but it's going to be very, very minimal. And we'll do the training twice. Then we can ask you to go and start your church. And we are not going to leave you alone. We'll be asking, we'll be visiting you, we'll be advising, and as you come to us, we'll be doing that until the church can stand on its feet and grow very well. That will be our own contribution to bringing healthy churches to the Nigerian church. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Okay, so if you have that goal, if God is speaking to you, just make sure you see Pastor Daniel. Those of you who know him, he's working with the tapes up there so that you can put down your name but you can be sure. We'll do the training January. Something like second week of January. That's when we are going to do the... It's going to be a one-week training. I'll look at several aspects of church planting. How to plant healthy churches. Not just sick or stagnant churches. Healthy churches. So the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Now let's go to page 26. How to raise a giving church. The desire of every minister is to have a church that knows how to really give. But the reality is that very many churches and Christians are stingy, unfaithful, and backward in their giving. Research has confirmed one out of every three Christians don't pay their tithes. One 
out of every three Christians, they don't pay their tithes. And one out of every five Christians don't give at all. And nine out of every ten Christians don't give to missions at all. Look at those sobering statistics. In spite of the amount of money coming to the church in the last several years, yet majority of Christians are seriously lacking behind in giving, and more especially ministers. Like I said yesterday, ministers are the worst when it comes to giving. And that's the truth. Nothing but the truth. To build or to raise a giving church will take deliberate and intentional effort on the part of the minister. It will take serious effort for us to build a giving church because in the last several years, giving has been abused. For example, like our last teaching now, I talked about G-Mix. And people are getting weary of those G-Mix. People are getting tired of those G-Mix. And many of our members, they are seeing the light. Already they are knowing that we are using G-Mix for them. For example, in a particular church, just uh, last year, January, the pastor came up and started preaching again. Then he preached, talked about, you make it, you rise, you shine, so to read, claim it, claim it, and have it. And after the message, because it's January, he called all the workers together and started talking to them again. This year, we have to double our giving. We have to give like never before because we have so many things to do in this church. One of the deacons raised up his son and said, sir, I have a question. In this church, I've been here for the last six years. I've done giving. I gave my house. I gave my car. I gave my salary. I did first food. I did everything. But I've not seen the results, sir. So, and you still want me to give this year. The pastor was speechless. And the rest of the people, it's as if the man spoke for them. Everybody say, Naso, Naso, oh, oh, oh. So people are getting to know. I didn't say what the deacon said is right. But he spoke out of frustration. Because giving has been abused today. To the extent that when people come to church and when they listen to a preacher, the next thing is he went it up in giving. He went and true to time, went it up in giving. Everything we do today, we do it just to raise money, like we have shared. So to raise a giving church is going to be very, very difficult. But that's what we are called to do. Now, to build or develop a giving church is not a program, but a long and painstaking process. If you preach salvation, healing, and miracles, and they happen, you must, <laughs> then you must talk about giving before it can happen. May God help us. I, I can't hear your amen. amen. Okay, if you read those Bible passages, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 23 to 25, that give, and it shall be given to you, shaking together, praise, I mean, the hand of the giver shall be made fat. He that swears sparingly shall reach sparingly. And so many other passages. He that watches the crowd, I mean, the, uh, we know so. And so many passages that confirm that giving should be part and parcel. Because I have so many things I want to add to the material. That's why I'm trying to run ahead. The church in the wilderness was a giving church. Yeah, the church in the wilderness, you remember, under Moses. When he talked to them, that the Lord said, I should build an ark. So bring your badger skin, bring the red ghost wine, bring clothes, bring materials, bring money, bring all those things. Can you believe it? In the wilderness, people gave. 
to the extent that Moses had to talk again that they should stop the giving. That is too much. Because God touched their heart and they gave. That's the church in the wilderness. The church was on a journey. And yet they gave. Now where did they got the money? Where did they got the material? The Bible reveals it to us that when they were leaving Egypt, the Lord gave them favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. Because the Lord knew that he would tell Moses to raise, I mean, to raise the tabernacle in the wilderness. So it is the people that provide the giving. Now, also in the New Testament, the church gave. That's in Acts of Apostles chapter 4, verse 34 to 37. The Bible says, nobody lacked. Those who have lands, those who have houses, they sold them and they gave. So from the onset, the people of God were givers. The church was a giving church. The people of God must give generously. Please underline that. Not stingily. Abundance mentality helps people to give. Why poverty mentality allows them to be stingy. And as a leader, as a minister, we need to create that abundant mentality in our people. It is then we can give. One mark of healthy Christians, healthy churches, and leaders is their giving nature in resembling their God. We must resemble God in our giving nature. The church has no option than to be a giving church. Stingy churches are usually poor churches. Hello? Please underline that. Stingy churches are what? Usually poor churches. Churches that don't give. Churches that complain. There's no money. There's no money. That is their swan song. That's what they always say. They don't give. Now translate that to minister. Stingy ministers also remain as poor ministers. And I know ministers. Even when you go to their church, they invite you as guest speaker. They will never give. If they raise offering in your name, they won't give it to you. Stingy ministers. They are always poor ministers. Let's move on. Receiving churches will always be at receiving end. Now, allow me to say something. Thank God for the church in Nigeria. With all our weaknesses or what we are complaining, I can assure you, brethren, God is still working in Nigeria. There are many loyal, good, wonderful pastors like you sitting before me. Because you see, since yesterday, I know what I'm saying is hard. I know what we are teaching is hard. But you guys keep coming and you keep praying and you keep receiving it. You are not running away. That is a hope for the Nigerian church. It means God still have good people around and you are one of them. It means God see our people that wants to live the truth and live it and do ministry according to the scripture. It's a hope for the church. But you know, you can't say that in other African countries. Even in Europe, you can't say all these things I'm saying. And you see, when I talk of financially, in terms of giving, the Nigerian church is still okay. Though we can do better, we should become more excellent, but we are still okay. We are no longer a receiving church. There was a time that all we are doing, most of the churches in Nigeria are missionary churches. They are supported by missionaries from abroad. But thank God we have gone ahead of that. But when you go to Benin Republic, even go to Ghana, go to Syria alone, go to West Africa, go to Liberia, go to all those countries, they are still receiving countries and that's why they are poor. Like, for example, 
This kind of conference, if you go and hold it in Ghana, you must give them food. You must not collect registration. If you go to Benin Republic, you must not collect registration. If you do, they will never come. Now, for many years, for five years, I've went to Kenya. I've been to Kenya. In fact, there was a time I was calling myself Kenya Jerian. Because I know them so much in Nairobi and all those, I know all the pastors inside out. You know what it took me? I spent more than two million Nigerian naira in Kenya. I will go there, I will travel there, collect my visa, pay my ticket, pay my hotel, pay for the conference, and pay for their food. It's like that. It was when I was so tired of it, I stopped. I deliberately stopped. Now, since last year, they've been calling me. They keep sending messages. Come. I said, I'm not coming. You people are receiving people. You will never be rich. Because if you go to downtown Nairobi, go everywhere. You see all these, our white brothers. They came. They brought money. They enticed them. That's another business. People that collect $10,000 abroad, they spend $2,000. They pocket the eight. Now, that's why we are a step better. But you know, most of us ministers, we don't like to pay for anything. We want everything free. Check it out. When you want everything free, poverty will never really live your life. Hello? Am I talking to somebody? This is the home truth. You cannot raise a giving church if you are not a giving leader. That's the home truth. If you are a stingy leader, you are not a giving leader. It's impossible to raise a giving church. It's impossible. I want my church to be a giving church so that at the, when I make one announcement, people will give. I want my church to be like the church in the wilderness that they will overgive. And I have to say, stop. Then, you as a leader, you must exemplify, you must model giving. You must be a generous leader. You must be generous. Ministers in the church must be givers. Deacons must be givers. Workers must be givers. And the whole general membership, they must give. What should they give? They give their life. They give their time. They give their talent. They give their treasures. Not only finance. Time, talent, uh, life, and what? Treasures. That's what we give. It's not only in terms of finance. Now, some of what I'm saying are not in your material. But they are in my own. There's no law that says everything in my own should be in your own. And there are many things I will say here that are not in your own. You better be writing them if you love yourself. Now, how should we give? Look at it there. We should give ourselves to the Lord first. When it comes to giving, you give to the Lord first. Now, some people are trying to use their giving as a, a form of bribery. A form of to salivate their conscience or to see their conscience. You know, that's what armed robbers do. They go and rob and they come to church and they try to give offering. Just to show God that, uh, God, you understand, we gave to you. And in so many uh, mainland churches, mainland churches, all the traditional churches, where they have special seats for people. That's what people give. People give to church just to cover their bad business deals. No. Giving, number one, give yourself to the Lord. Give your heart to the Lord first. That's the number one giving. Two, give willingly. When you are giving, let it be a willing thing. Don't be forced to give. The scripture supports that. 
God loves a cheerful giver. Let it be willingly. And let me tell you what to give now. What should you give before I finish that? Let me branch off a little and tell you what to give. Number one, you give your tithes. Even as a minister, pay your tithe. If you don't pay tithe, things will always be tight for you. I can assure you. Pay your personal tithe. Pay your ministry tithe. You know, when I started teaching that, several years back, a lot of pastors, a lot of ministers, they thought, I was looking for money. They thought that, oh, Akidon wants to, us to be giving to him. Far from the truth, my brother. I thank God for my life. And I thank God the way God has done my life. I don't need to depend on anybody. I can say that proudly. I can say that in this church growth, oh, nobody really gave me uh, one million naira, 500,000, and all those things. It's only once I've received 500,000. That was last year. We were planning the resource project, that carton where we have about 62 materials for parcels. Yes, I remember. And the printer gave us a bill of 3 million to print just about 20 of it. And I didn't have the money. So I was praying. I said, God, I think this is your idea. If it's your idea, provide you. If it's not idea, I'm ready to cancel it because I don't know how to beg. In fact, nobody gives me money. It was then somebody called me. One of my mentorees, he just called me up. I said, sir, I need to see you. I said, for what? He said, let me come. When he came, lo and behold, he brought 500,000. I said, why did you see this money? He said, one of my members gave me 5 million naira. And I decided to pay the tithe to you. Money was sharing. It go better for you. You know, before I can even call a registrar, I register, CO, 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 CO. Somebody brought money. I've called the printer. I called the printer. I said, come, 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 come. Out of your three million, I've seen 500,000. That's where we started. So that's the first time. And so far, the only time. But I know after this message, God is speaking to many of you. Hey, now. But it's the truth. What should you give? Give your personal tithe and give your ministry tithe. Number two, pay special tithe. That's the one they call first fruits. Another giving, pay tithe of tithe. Another giving, do seed offerings. Yes. And you know when it comes to tithe, let me tell you, it's not only money. Because if you check your Bible very well about tithe, now... Somebody will come and do a, loo, a good work on that tomorrow morning. That, that will be our first teaching tomorrow morning. But the truth is this. When it comes to tithe, it's not only money. You can time your life. You can tithe your life. You can tithe your time. You can tithe your salary. You can tithe your land. You can tithe your business. You can tithe your income. You can tithe your books. You can tithe your family. Tithe is all encompassing. Hello? Good. So give. Pay tight. So seed. Let it be a regular one. If you go somewhere to preach and they gave you money as a minister, pay tight. You have an unexpected income. You are not expecting. God just brought it to you. Pay the tight. Don't say I'm a minister. I don't pay tight. No. All this our mentality of receiving, receiving, receiving. It will never help you to build a giving church. Giving. I said, number one, give yourself to the Lord. Number two, give willingly. Number three, give what? Generously and uh, liberally. Give generously. Most of our giving, even we give, it's not what God said we should give that we are giving. Give cheerfully. 
Give regularly. Let it be regular. Not once in a while. I've had people, they told me, and the Lord said I should be paying tight to you. Once in a yellow moon, not even a blue moon. Let it be regular. Give sacrificially. Give a sowing to a fertile land. Give a sowing to a fertile land. Where you are giving to, if it's not fertile, change where you are giving to. Give freely as you have, been, as you have received from the Lord. Give as unto the Lord, not unto man. Give as the Lord leads and directs you. Then give until the Lord stop giving to you. Hello? Look at it down there. The reason God gave us riches is not for our personal agradishment. Yes, when God is blessing you, he's directing money into your pocket. Money is coming in. Stop and think. You know, most of us, as the money is coming in, we are, uh, we are just spending anyhow. No, 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 no. Maturity says, when God brings money to you, stop, think. How should I spend this money? Pray. Lord, who should I spend it? What should I spend it on? Take time. Keep the money there. Let your head come down. And think before you spend. Most of us, we spend before we think. No, change it. Maturity says, you think before you spend. He unexpectedly, God brought a money to you. Keep it there. Don't touch it. Be thinking, be praying, God. Why did you brought this money at this time? What do you want me to spend it on? Because that's why he brought it. And if you pray very well, he will give you indications. He will brought messages to your heart. He will, give, he will remind you somebody you should give. He will remind you what you should sow into. Because when God gives money to your hand, he didn't just bring it. You need to ask him, Lord, how do I spend it? But most of us just spend anyhow. So the reason God gave us money is not for our personal gratitude, but to give unto others. If God cannot withdraw from you, please underline that seven times. If God cannot withdraw from you, he will start depositing in you. Hello? Let me stop there. Now you will need to follow me. Because I will tell you 15 things that giving will do for you. That one is not in your material. But I need to give it to you. 15 things that giving will do. Now let me confess to you. I don't want you to get it. So I'm going to be very fast. Because I know that if you get it, you will go and preach it in your church. But I don't want you to get it. So I'm going to be very, very fast. This is the one they call mana mana. Sharp, sharp. Giving. That's why I'm giving it to you. He gave us his life. He shed his blood. So you are enjoying. Thank God I'm not Jesus. <laughs> this is where I'm going to start from. Ministers must be givers. Not takers. Most of us are takers. We take. We love to take. We love to collect. We love to get. We love to take. Let's live that lifestyle from today. Ministers must be givers, not takers. When you become a minister, you are signing up to become a giver. You give your life, you give your time, you give your talent, you give your treasures. You must model the one 
You must be an example of the one who gave his best and his all. And who is that one? God. Have you ever, have you read John 3, 16 again? For God so loved the world that he gave his only, he gave his best and his all. Also, if you read Romans 8, 32, he said, he that gave us Christ and gave us everything, his only begotten son, what else will he not give to us? What else will he withhold from us? If you are the servant of such and one, you must model giving. Your time, your talent, your treasure, your life, you must give. When you become a minister, you lose the authority to be selfish. When you become a minister, you are no more a taker, but a giver. You must give. It is when you give that you can really build a giving people. Because, like I told you yesterday, everything God does, he starts with model. So if you want to build a giving job, you model giving first. And for your information, let me tell you, you will get Bible passages for this. I don't have the time to give you Bible passages, but you will get Bible passages for them. Fifteen things giving will do for you. Your giving will determine your blessing. That's number one. You want blessing? You want God to bless you? Give. Give your life. Give your time. Give your talent. Give your treasure. Give your gifts. Give your brain. Give everything. You want God to bless you? Give. Don't be a giver. Your giving determines your blessing. Number two, your giving will break the curse of poverty over your life. So many of us are in ministry and we are struggling and struggling and struggling under one cause or the other. You give. Give until you give away your poverty. Hello? Number three, your giving will break the curse of evil over your children. Oh, you want your children to be safe and secure? You want your children to be in the Lord? Learn to give. And give in their name. Give on their behalf. It's part of it. Number four, your giving will open doors to fruitfulness. Oh, you want fruitfulness in your life, in your ministry? Learn to give. Not only monetary. Give clothing. Give foodstuffs. And some of you, the Lord will ask you, give your car, give your house, give your ministry, give land, give this, give opportunity, give platform to others. Give. A minister is a giver, not a taker. Number five, your giving will open, open doors of giving to you. Oh, you want children to give to you? You want others to give to you? Learn to give. You know, there are a lot of us who are fathers. We have been in ministry for a long time. We have raised children. We have raised ministers who are doing well. But majority of them never remember us. Why? You're giving. Because if you are not a giver, your children will never give back to you. I can tell you testimonies about that, but I don't have the time. If you see a man of God that has been in ministry for 15, 20, 30 years, and he's not, he's not eating the fruit of his children, the fruit of his labor in ministry, he kept lamenting, my children have abandoned me, my children don't remember me, I've raised people up in this ministry, and they don't remember me. My brethren, most of the time, it's not the work of devil, it is the work of lack of your giving. Number 10. 
Okay, because of your protest. Next page. Ten secrets of a giving church. <laughs> okay, let's strike a deal. This is not a Jimiko. This is not a Jimiko. <laughs> Don't let me say because my accusers are here. Uh, they are on my right hand and they are on my left hand. Oh, I want you to see me. Okay. Number six. Is it number six? Yes. Good. Your giving will reboot devourers in your work. If you see a man that is laboring and laboring, his business is laboring, his ministry is laboring, and devourers are devouring his work, he is not giving. He doesn't pay tithes. He doesn't pay offering. He gives to nobody. He's eating everything he's making. Look up at me. Let me say this to you. As a minister, you want to give? Give outside your ministry. Do you hear me? What do I say you should do? You know, you need to use your ministry to attract prayers. And one of the ways to attract prayers is giving. You go and give to a minister. Even that is not worthy of it. Just give to him. Say, yes sir, my ministry, in the name of my minister, I'm sowing this seed. Ah! He will bless you. When you see a man of God, a senior man of God pray, the God who called me. Ah, It don't better for you be that. But how many of us have attracted that kind of prayers. All your tithe, even the one you are paying, you are paying to your ministry. Everything that to your ministry, now your pocket, you repair. Nobody, no outside minister has ever eaten the fruit of your labor. And there are ministers there who have been of assistance, who have been of help, who gave you platform, who gave you opportunity, who introduced you, who were there for you, who did something for you. You never remember them. Of course, I know things are not really okay, but even that little okay, that little okay. In Jesus' name, I teach. Number seven, your giving will secure your future in ministry. Oh, you want your ministry to be bright? You want your future to be okay? Give, sir. Give. Eight, your giving will close the door of lack. And struggling. I think I have a testimony on that. I can say one or two testimonies on that. Since I learned this, my brother, my brother, let me tell you when I learned. I'll tell you how I learned it. Several years back, precisely, oh, I say it will close the door of lack and struggling. Many years ago, we were struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling in ministry. We were where God called us. We were doing what he said we should do. We have books. We have materials that we never sell. We do conferences. People will photocopy the outlines. People will tell me, your ministry is blessing us. Your ministry is helping us. Your ministry is doing this. But I don't see any result. Nobody ever gave me anything. Until one day, I was so discouraged. So I went praying. I said, God, what's my problem? What's my problem? Did I commit a sin? He said, no. Then what do I do? He said, you are not giving. Then God said it in a way that convinced me. Because me, I had this mind that if you don't come very clearly, it doesn't convince me. Now, God said it in a way that really convinced me. He said, you, 
You are paying your own tithes. And that's why I'm blessing you and you are financing this ministry. He said, but you are not paying any tithe in the name of this, your ministry. That's why the ministry is struggling. I never heard it up to that time. I didn't read it in any book. Nobody told me. It was God that said it to me. I said, hey, so I should pay tithe in the name of this ministry. He said, yes. He said, that is what will make me to bless that ministry. Hey. I said, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to sponsor the ministry again. You should be the one sponsoring. Hey, oh yeah, now continue to pay your tithe. Good. That was when I divided it into two. And you know, he said something further. If you are paying your tithe to a lower ministry or a lower minister than you, it's for your security and protection. If you are paying it to a higher minister and a ministry that is higher than you, it's for your, it's for your prosperity and breakthrough. Hmm. I said, good. And you know, because I was struggling, I knew. So I quickly called the staff meeting. I said, look guys, this is what the Lord told me. And I need to start this month. And I said, I'm going to start with 10,000 naira. Who should I give to church? I remember a man of God who was, who gave us his church to start a ministry. I mean, our institute. And I knew he's doing a good work for the Lord. And he's involved in mission. I said, I'll give to that. Then I remember another man of God. This one fly like a bird. And he's doing this work. I said, I'll be paying to him. I will start paying. And gradually, 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 gradually. Today, my brother, we are no more paying tight in four figures. We are paying in six figures. If you understand that. From then, things started working. So I've learned. That was when I was able to separate my money from ministry money. So today now, I pay my personal tithe. Sometimes I pay to my father and the Lord. I pay to my mentors. I pay to my leaders. Sometimes I say, young man of God, I just bless him and give him something. And this thing is coming back, my brother. One of our problems, some of us have been ministry for 15, 20, 20. I look at many of you. I can't talk. Because if I talk, it will seem as if he's looking for money. I'm not looking for your money. I'm looking for your blessing. Many of us, who are we paying tithes to? Your personal tithe and your ministry tithe. Who are you paying it to? You see a ministry that is doing a work for the Lord. Instead of supporting, not to get. You see a man of God that is struggling. And you know God called this man. There's no cause. He's not living in sin. He's, why don't you do something? He's to attract blessing. Jesus. I move a motion that we should stand up. Obey your leader. Obey your leader. Obey your leader. You gave up. <laughs> I hope you will give up. Number nine. Your giving will, will raise you to another level. Your giving will do what to? Raise you to what? Another level. I'll share a story along that too. You know, in November, November last year, I remember precisely, November last year, Dr. Echola came from the U.S. And you know, we're having this this conference, uh, Leadership Style of Jesus, at Maryland there. You know, in the conference, God said something to me. He talked about this area a little. Then God said something to me that I should tell the people there that we should go and give three people gifts. People that their ministry are higher than us, that we should go and give them things. You know, I said it. But you know, as normal with pastors, pastors are skeptical people. They don't believe it. 
Me, I obeyed it because I knew the Lord said it. I obeyed it. I remember some few days later, I traveled to London. In London, I went to Pastor Lake's church. I old Kent Road. I just went to worship there. He just said, come, come, come. Because he wanted to invite me in January this year. So he said, come, come and see my church and see what I'm doing. So that when you come and train my leaders, you know what to say. So that's why I went. I sat in the congregation. There's this Nigerian pastor that I knew. Oh, good. He's ministering in this church this week. Reverend Malay. His picture is in that something. He, yes, he was there. He was preaching. And as he was preaching, ministering, an elderly minister. I knew him. We have met in some ministrations. And one day he had said to me, Akijon, they say you are speaking the truth also. I said, yes, Baba. He said, we appreciate you. Stay there. Continue to speak. Oh. I said, so we knew each other. So as he was speaking, I remember the prophecy here. And somebody told me, this is one of those people you should give to. I know by then I saw some books. So, immediately he finished. He was sweating. His coat was wet. And he did a powerful ministration. As God will have it, they ushered two of us into the waiting room together. When we were there, I checked my pocket. I brought out 100 pounds. And you know what 100 pounds is in London? In offering. Except somebody that came to London for the first time. You will, they will never give more, more than 50 pounds. 20, 10, 5. 31 calculated basically. So I pick out 100 pounds. I said, Baba, I need to see you. Ah, he said, Me, John. I said, Yes, sir. I said, Excuse us, sir. So I went to the toilet, the bedroom. I knelt down. I said, Sir, this 100 pounds. I need to sow it into your life because I'm looking for something from the Lord. Ah! You know what he said? He said, everybody start with 20, 5, 10, 50. You, you start with 100. It go better for you. <laughs> if you see the prayer he prayed, if I got to a point, he said, everything that remains in me, in my ministry, the power, the anointing, the grace that I have not you. It was amazing. It's as if it's more than 100 pounds. If you change it to Nigeria, that's just 15,000 naira. No, 223,000. 23,000 or 25,000. And he prayed. He said, John, John, you did this? I said, yes, sir. And he massacred me with prayer. Are you surprised that God is blessing? When last did you receive that kind of prayer? You know, some people will come to me. No, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just preaching. Some people, yes, I pray for me. And no, Fifo. So you want me to pray with empty mouth? You didn't learn in your Bible that when Saul. And his uh, Amobiara, they were searching for his father's lost ass. They said, Let us go to the prophet. What did they say? You don't go to prophet empty handed. It's not a cause, it's a reality. 
Most of us we just want to take and take and take and take. No. If you have that spirit, let it depart from you today. It doesn't mean you have millions to give. But a little. Once it's from the heart. Once it's regular. Once that is your generosity. My brother, God sees your heart. Number 15. <laughs> your giving will make you eat the fruits of your labor. And may you eat the fruit of your labor. May you not labor in vain in this ministry. Some of us have labored and labored. What we attract your fruits is your giving. 11. Your giving will truly measure your income. If you, measure, if you, if you give little, you have little income. If you give in an average way, you have average income. If you give in a generous outstanding way, you have generous and outstanding income. Your giving will measure your income. Number 12. Your giving will bring favor across your way. Favor from all over the world. From where you never expect, your giving will attract favor. 13. Your giving will attract mercy to your children and to your family. Your giving of today will help your children tomorrow. Will help your family tomorrow. So if you have opportunity to sponsor somebody to university in your church, do it. Do it. 14. Your giving will save you from the demon of greed and avarice. Some of us, we have that demon of covetousness. But you know the more you give, the more you give, the more you give, God will save you from the demon of avarice and greed and covetousness. And number 15, your giving will determine your position in heaven. Are you surprised? I'll quote Bible to support that. You know all these things I've said to you? Let me quote one Bible to support it. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19, I quoted it and I'll keep quoting it. Paul, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. The last point is that your giving will determine your position in heaven. My brother, nobody will determine your position. It is your giving. You remember? Let me make allusion. You know the mother of James and John? They came to Jesus. They said, grant unto us. Grant unto my children. That one will sit on your right hand and the other one on your left hand. Jesus said, it is not for me to give. It is those who work for it. Those who have earned it. And that first Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. Charge them that are rich in this world. Of course, that means there are rich Christians in the church by then. Charge them that are rich in this world. That they be not high-minded, nor trusting on certain riches. Yes, we should not be proud and cocky and high-minded. Because God has blessed us with some wars of naira or rand or, uh, or dollar or euro. No, they should not trust in uncertain riches. Because riches are uncertain. They grow wings and fly away. They don't abide forever. Money says, I have no relation. I roll in and I roll away. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, not trusting on certain riches, but in the living God. Our trust should not be in money. Our trust should be in God. What should we do? I've heard preachers. They read that verse and they say, yes, God doesn't want us to be rich. No, you didn't finish it. Verse 18 says that they be rich in good works. Willing to distribute 
ready to communicate. In other words, when God bless you as a minister, as a leader, as a child, as a Christian, you distribute to the necessity of the needs of the same. You communicate. You share. You give. I love verse 19. Willing to distribute, ready to communicate. <laughs> Did you hear what verse 19 says? That as they distribute, as they communicate, as they share, you are laying in store for yourself a foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. In simple language, what is Paul saying? The money, the resources, the wealth, the riches, the opportunities, the platform that God gives to you, give, distribute, communicate to the needs of the saints. And as you do that, you are preparing your home in heaven. You are laying a foundation for yourself in heaven. And you will lay hold of eternal life. Your giving is tied to your position in heaven. If you realize that, you don't need anybody to beg you to give. I'll tell you a life story when we finish. Let's run through the rest. Who should you give to? Give to God. Give to servants of the Lord. Give to fathers. If you have fathers, and if you don't have, go and find one. Give to mentors. People that have mentored you through counseling, through advice, through prayers. Give to brethren, fellow believers, fellow ministers. Give to them. Give to missions. Give to missions. Like I announced mission offering, I expect you to give. Don't say I don't have. Give. You must have. Even if you have to go and borrow it. Give to missions. Give. People in rural areas. Give to missions. Give to all and sundry. Those who ask from you, give to them. That's Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we fail not. And that we should do good, especially to them who are of the household of faith. Give for kingdom expansion. Give to leaders, to ministries that are doing kingdom work. Give. Those are the people we should give to. That's part one. Part two is this. What are the secrets of raising giving churches? If you want your church to be a giving church, you know I've told you number one is that as a leader you must give. So it's there. Leadership. Leadership. That's what I just uh, amplified for you. Leadership. People don't give to institutions. They give to leaders they trust. So you must be the leader that people can trust before they will give. Look, people are looking at you. If they know you are not a giving leader, you don't give. You are stingy. You are tight-fisted. You are neither pinchy. Even those working with you, like the message we have, you don't give to them. You pay salaries of monkeys. That's why you have baboon as workers. People will stop giving to you. And when people don't give in the church, it's a subtle protest against your leadership. Two, stewardship. You want people to give? You want to raise a giving church? Teach them. Teach people to give. Teach. Teach. One pastor was telling me, in part, his pastor Alex, he was teaching his people in the church in the last three weeks. He said, they are giving as double, has increased 100%. He was teaching them some of these things I'm sharing. Teach. You know, whenever you, have to, whenever you want to collect an offering, and you have to preach 10 minutes sermon, and uh, wake people and motivate them to give, it's a sign that you have not taught them. Teach them on stewardship. What is stewardship? Stewardship of our life. 
stewardship of our time, stewardship of our talent, stewardship of our resources, stewardship of our treasures, stewardship of the gospel, stewardship of everything. We are steward. Who is a steward? A caretaker. A steward doesn't really own it. Romans 14, 12. Therefore, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. That's stewardship. One day, we are going to give account. Every money you have, that has ever come into your hand, you will give account. The vehicle, the house, the properties, everything God put in your care, you will give account. Because ultimately, you are not the owner. God owns you. He owns you by creation. He owns you by redemption. So he owns us in two ways. So you don't live for yourself. Hey, I have everything for myself. I'm the one that make it. No. Teach people. Still worship. Thank God if you are looking for material and still worship, we have it. If you go to our bookstand where we have our resources, it's there. Or as a guy there to help you get material and still worship. It's a systematic teaching. You can use it at Sunday school. You can use it at Bible study. You can use it at Sunday sermon. Teach your people. When your people know that they are not the owner of the car, of the house, of the money, of the privilege that they have. But God is the owner. When you ask them to give to that God, they won't find it difficult. Number three, vision. People give to vision. They don't give to people. They don't just give to individuals. They must give to the vision that catches their imagination. That's why in a church, tell them of your vision. Where are you taking the church to? What are you believing God to happen? Where, what is the future? Tell them of vision. Share a vision of a better future. I often tell a story. Allow me to re- repeat the story for you. A, pa- a young man came to a church on Sunday morning and uh, he had this money in his uh, car. The money was lying fallow there. He was thinking of giving the money, but he decided not to give. He decided to go and test the pastor. So he came to pastor and he said, pastor, if you see one million naira, sir, supposing somebody give you one million naira, sir, what will you do with it? The pastor said, wow! One million? He said, yes. He said, I'll repair the woman's toilet. Woman's toilet? He said, yes. He said, you know, the WC there is broken a little. So I'll repair it and put terrasso on the ground and wall the place. That's what I'll do. With one million, sir. He said, yes, the rest. I'll just spend it anyhow. The man said, yes, sir. I'll see you, sir. So he went to his car, brought 5,000 naira. And says that this is my contribution to the women's toilet. And to the 995 million, I mean, thousand, I went and gave it to somebody that had the vision of winning souls. Can I tell you the truth? People bring money to church. But it is only vision that will do what? That will bring it out from their pocket. Integrity, that's number four. People are continually searching for signs of integrity in their leaders. You know, what doesn't make us to pay tax in Nigeria is what doesn't make Christians to pay tight. Because most of us, why will you pay tax? Because those people there, if not now that Lagos State is forcing us to pay tax, who is paying tax? In fact, they don't ask for it. Because there's so much to steal. The same thing in church. Because we know they are crooks. In church also, the average believer believes that pastors are crooks. That is the average Christian believes that an average pastor is a crook. He believes that an average pastor is the one eating the money. Now what should you do? Prove to them 
that I'm not eating the money. How do you do that? Let there be a record. Let there be a systematic record of what comes in and of what goes out. Let there be a systematic record of the expenses of the church. And yearly, publish it for everybody to see. I remember, yes, in the church I went to in Ghana, yes, uh, Calvary Baptist Church in Ghana, you know in their billboard, I saw it there. All their expenses, the church expenses in the last two, three, four, five years is there. Statement. Integrity. Transparency. Open dealing. No secrecy about church money. What comes in? Announce it. What goes out? Announce it. Don't put the money in your pocket. Along with me, Jack in your rear. God sees me. Let people see you. Because you don't see God. Now people you see. Integrity. Once the leaders of the church know that there's no integrity. Everything is shrouded in secrecy. Who we give? I often joke. I often joke in the office that with our students. And when a student is complaining, I say, since you came to this school, have I ever collected money from your hand? And they know I don't collect money from students now. I've tried to put our administration in place. I said, go and meet the people that collect money from your hand. Of course, I'm the one spending it, but I'm going to continue. But everything is open. For example, if you want to check our account in church growth today, it's open for everybody to see. I have no skeleton to hide. Now, our auditor is here. I saw him during break time. The man that audits our account in the last seven, eight years is here. He's in this conference. He's also a minister. Now, if he, most times, he's amazed with our account. He's here. He can prove me wrong. He's here. He will ask a uh, register, say, what do you spend this one for? That one we explain. He said, how did you know? Ah, because I know what we spend it for. He heard about this one. Oh yeah, this is the record. This is the record. This is the record. This is the record. Everything must be done with integrity. Openness. Nothing to hide. Look, if I want to chop money, I did chop arm. Can I tell you, huh? One day, one weekend, I didn't have money. And we are going weekend. And you know, weekend, I have wife, I have children, I have people living with me. I must spend money. So I just asked them, how much do you have there in the impress account? They say, so, so, I say, bring her. So I share. I call one. I say, collect this one. All this time, I start sharing money. They didn't know what I'm doing. I share. I share. I share. I share. I give this one. I give that one. I give that one. They will say, ah, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh, Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Me, sir, I take. Have you go say, make a no take. You know, at the end of the day, I say, well, guys, you all collect money. They say yes. I say, when the auditor is asking questions, all of us go answer. Oh. Amen. <laughs> Number five, impacts. People will give when they see the impact that the ministry is making. Because people want their giving to count by making positive impacts in the life of others. Number six, fertile ground. And that's why we will pray. Fertile ground. When people give and they see the result of their giving, they know that your church is a good ground to sow. It's a good place to sow. <laughs> you continue to receive the giving of the people. 
But when the people give and they don't see corresponding result and blessing, they will stop giving and coming back there later. Then care and concern must show care. You must show concern to people, their welfare. Look, when you use people and you dump them, or one of your staff, one of your workers, one of your leaders is, uh, has an accident or is deceased or has a problem and you use them and you don't care for them, people take notes. They say, hey, if this happens to me, so this is the way they are going to deal with me. They start withdrawing their commitment. Number eight, communication. Talk, speak, share what the church needs. Then, modular pocket. Create different departments. Children, music, uh-huh, ministry, building, welfare, maintenance, growth program. Create department that people can give to. Because some people, they like to give to children ministry. They don't like to give to missions. Some people like to give to missions. They don't like to give to building. So create department that people can give to. It will help. Then the Holy Spirit must be at work. They must say that God is working. Miracles are happening. The church is going forward. Because why? Everybody loves to join a winning team. Nobody wants to join a sinking ship. When we're coming, was it this morning or yesterday morning? I was showing to my wife. There's a church down, down this street. Down, down. I was telling her. I pointed out the church. The church is a plank. Built by a plank. I told her, I came to teach church growth to pastors in that church more than 10 years ago. As the church was, so by then, so. And she was saying, ah, the same church. I said, she be you see her. People will not give in that kind of church. Nobody loves to join a sinking ship. Everybody loves to join a winning team. And you know, let me give you one more reason. What people give, use it for what they will see. When you are market money to buy a project, for God's sake, spend that money for that project. Let people see that there are changes, that things are growing. Even if the money is little, do something they will see with it. And the Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. Principles of financial growth. You can read that on your own. Okay, renounce all negative mindset and confession about money. Acknowledge God as the owner of all wealth and money and resources. And you are just a caretaker. That's the worship. Pray against the money stronghold on your finances. Then reject, pray out, and pay out poverty spirit in your church. Remember, pray it out and pay it out. Then pay your personal, ministry, and church tithes. Outside your church. Please do that. Pray. As to the leader. As to the ministry. As to the people. God wants you to be giving your regular personal ministry time. And continue to obey. Then display integrity. Contentment. And maturity. In handling money. Have abundance mentality. By giving and being generous. Then use church money. For what people will readily see. Spend. Sacrifice. And invest. In the work regularly. Then, number 10, don't run your ministry in debt and pay your workers well. If you are owing rents, and let me say this, this will shock some people. If you are owing anybody at all, you know, pastors, we love to own debts and we won't pay. And when we see the people, we'll be using both face, it go you. And some of us will not talk. Or some of us will run away. Some of us, we are owning our schools. We own our theological seminaries. We own church growth. 
we own uh, if we even own church. We own our members. We, we borrow from people and we don't pay. Recently, a person in Kano was jailed. Why? He collected money from a member and never paid back. And he was using a boju and that one sued him to court. And they jailed him. When you live in debt, remember Romans 13, 8, own no man anything. It's part of your course. You love to live in debt. Anywhere you go, you leave a trail of debt and you will never go back there to apologize. Joy, I'm you know, I've not seen your money. Please, I will pay with my heart. Can I be paid instrumentally? We won't say that. We'll be using it, but you, I'm a man of God now. They should forgive me that money. They should know things are hard. Uh, things will always be hard, though. Pay your debts as at when due. And if you have to uh, converse with your creditor, go to him. Yes, sir. I'll pay this money from so so date. Instrumentally. Can I be bringing to 2,000 naira, sir? Fine. But some people will not talk. Even fellow ministers, we are not on speaking terms because we are owing money. We are owing money. That's part of our course. That's why the money will never be there. Yes, I'm still struggling. You keep struggling. Because the Bible says, oh no man, anything. Pay your debts. No, no ministry in, de- in debt. Whatever you cannot successfully do, don't put yourself under pressure. Leave it. That means God is not there. If God is there, he will provide. Let's stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Want us to pray. Want us to pray. But there's a point. There's a point. I want us to pray. Look at the last uh, comment. Look at the last comment. Take your outline. Take your outline. And look at the last comment. I didn't say we should go. I said take your outline. Some people will not wait for, they will not wait for the final blessing. Make sure your church is a fruitful ground to sow. And you can only do that by wisely, judiciously, and honestly using the money for kingdom purposes. If you siphon, embezzle, and misappropriate them, God will withdraw his blessing upon the giving of the people. And once the people are not seeing return blessing upon their giving, they will start holding back. Look up at me, let me explain. You know, many of us, we have been running church for 10, 15, 20 years. And we are still in this problem of giving. We are still struggling. I'll tell you one reason. The little people give. Use it for kingdom purpose. If you don't do, you spend it on yourself. And you buy car, you buy this, you just enjoy yourself. I'll tell you what God will do. God will go to the people that are giving. And take their job away. And take their business away. And create crisis in their family. So that they won't have money to be given to you. So what's the lesson? When you are a pastor, your people are losing their jobs. Your member, your number one supporter, his wife died. He has a financial crisis. has a family crisis. He invested money in one business and the business went down. Don't blame the person. Check up what you have been using their money for. It's a serious truth. I went to a man of God. He's the one who taught me that lesson. Okay, the one I told you that we first pay our title. The day I took the title to him, I said, sir, this is the title of our ministry. He prayed one prayer. He said, Lord, 
may I not be a barren ground. You know when he finished, I said, sir, what kind of prayer is that? I say, oh my day, this boy, if you bring this one, you know see return blessing. You know go bring another one. I said, it's true, sir. I said, so it's possible for a minister to be a barren ground. Ah, only my way. My way. And you know the day we bought that our office, if it was the one who, who, who first drove in. He just drove in. And you know, amazingly, he even brought a bag of rice. I say, yes, sir. You are bringing a bag of rice. I say, yes. Maybe you have been bringing it tight. You bought a new place. I know there's no money in your hand because you told me you use all the money to buy. So this is a bag for, of rice for you and your wife to eat. A giver, not a taker. Then, when I escorted him to his vehicle, I said, sir, see you. I didn't know where we got the money. But I think it's your prayers that you should not be a barren ground. Ah, I only woke. That barren ground issue is a serious issue you talk about. Then he told me a story. Can I tell you the story? He said a young man came to him and said, sir, you need to bless my marriage again. Huh? What happened? He said in the last two years that we are married, I have not given birth. Yes, yes. What's the problem? Why do I need to remarry you again? Ah, he said, sir, I did a little investigation in our church. 20 people marry. No, no, then give back. So it simply means that our geo is a barren ground, sir. Yes. And he said he has to pray for him. He said, when he was saying, he said, ah, shut up, shut up. Don't say that about a man of God. He says, I go and investigate. He said he too went and investigate. He discovered it is true. If you dare marry in that church, your own don't spoil. He said he has to re-bless him and remarry him in his church. One year later, they gave birth. May you not be a barren ground. Raise up your right hand. Lord, every form of barrenness in me, remove it from today. Open your mouth and pray. Close, man. Close.